Hey friend, thank you so much for listening once again to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. Today, we're going to dive back into our theme for this week. God help us. We need another Ezra. We're going to recap what we've talked about. Really, the last three days or so have been all introduction, and we're going to get into the meat of our discussion about this man, Ezra, a guy who honestly doesn't get talked about too much, but I think if we look at his life and the attributes that he exhibited working on behalf of God and God's people, we'll realize that there's a lot of things that you and I could imitate, could strive to be more like, because God help us. We need an Ezra. But before we jump into that, if you'd like to, grab your Bibles, turn to the book of Ezra, chapter 7. Before I go there, I'd like to tell you about a gospel tract. Why are we always talking about gospel tracts on this program? Well, with a name like Bible Tracts Echoes, it's kind of difficult not to, right? But in all seriousness, why should we talk about gospel tracts? Because I truly believe, and this is supported by evidence, that gospel tracts are one of the greatest ways to evangelize a lost and dying world that's available to us right now. Not only in places like America do I pass out gospel tracts all the time and see people, when I pull away from them, when I hand them one on a sidewalk and walk away, I'll turn around and oftentimes I'll see them open up that gospel track and they'll start to read it. You see, the physical, tactile sensation of handing someone something, I don't care what culture you live in, I don't care where you live, there's something of value to that. As many of us have disappeared even further into our virtual worlds of screens and smartphones and all those things, as I said, that ability to hand a physical object to someone like a gospel tract, really it's only more valuable today. Many other countries, the valuableness, if you would, the uh, worth, if you will, is even more heightened. I was talking to a missionary to the country of Myanmar, uh, old Burma, as it's sometimes called, and he talked about being on a ferry not long ago and passing out gospel tracts to the hundreds of people that were on that ferry, and he looked back. As he passed out those gospel tracts, he looked back at the half of the ferry that he had already covered, that he had already handed out gospel tracts, and every single person, each of those precious souls, had their head bent down, not looking at their smartphones, not looking at their devices, but reading that gospel tract. Now, when you support a ministry like Bible Tracts Incorporated, you not only support gospel tracts going out domestically in the United States of America, but also around the world. We send them for free all over the place, millions upon millions. This year alone, we'll probably surpass about 15 million gospel tracts. I'm going to ask you to consider supporting the ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated. If not financially, then by prayer. If I had to choose between your prayers or your money, I'd ask for your prayers all day, every day. But you could also support us in this way. Be a distributor of Bible Tracks Incorporated. Go to BibleTracksInc.org. You can order a gospel track like the one I'm holding in my hand right now called The Best I Can. Here's how it starts off. A man was standing by New York Harbor, and he suddenly declared loudly, I'm going to swim to London. And then he jumped in the water, heading for the open sea with a freestyle stroke. You may be standing there near him, shout, Hey, you're not going to get to London that way. Even though he's swimming in the right direction, 
He has all this passion, all this fervor, and he says this back to you as he recedes into the distance, the frigid water. Oh, yes, I will. I'm sure I'll make it. You ask him as you shout to him, what makes you so certain? And he says, I'm doing the best I can. Sadly, there are so many people trying to get to heaven by doing the best they can. Can I tell you? The best you can will never get you through the pearly gates. I'd like to ask you to go to BibleTracksInc.org and to get this gospel track, The Best I Can For Yourself. We'll send it to you free of charge. BibleTracksInc.org will send you this gospel track, and you can read it and find out how the best I can, the best you can, is not enough to get you into heaven. It would help us so much if you consider praying for our ministry. It would help us so much if you consider financially giving to our ministry. It would help us so much if you'd go to BibleTracksInc.org and consider passing out our gospel tracks. These tracks, the millions of them we have on our shelves, now they disappear quickly, but those millions of gospel tracks do no one any good sitting there. They must be distributed, and people like you can make that happen. Would you join me now in the book of Ezra chapter 7? Go ahead and grab your Bible, maybe even open up your favorite Bible app on your smartphone. Go to the book of Ezra chapter 7. The past few days, we've been giving you an introduction to this man, Ezra. The thought has been, God help us, we need an Ezra. And we looked at his beginnings. We saw that Ezra came from what you could call a peaceful land. He had a priest's lineage that he was proud of. He could trace his lineage, his ancestry, all the way back to Aaron the priest. But even though he was in a peaceful land and he had a good family, he was planning to leave for some reason. Ezra chapter number 7 and verse number 6 says this, This Ezra went up from Babylon, meaning he left Babylon, took a four or five month journey to Jerusalem, the broken down city of Jerusalem. Why? Because he had a mission from God. We saw Ezra's beginnings. Next, we looked at Ezra's behavior. He was proficient in the law. Ezra 7 verse 6 again says this, This Ezra went up from Babylon and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses. We talked about the fact that God doesn't often use fools in his work because fools choose to be ignorant. God has used a lot of ignorant people. Remember how the people, the scribes and Pharisees looked at Peter and John in the book of Acts and thought these are unlearned and ignorant men. But they weren't ignorant about the things of God because they wanted to be proficient in God's law. In Ezra's behavior, we saw that he had the preference of the leader. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. He was not only proficient in the law, he not only had the preference of the leader, but he had the power of the Lord. And we'll see, we saw in verse 6 and verse 9, God repeats that the good hand of God was upon him. But then we looked at Ezra's Bible and more specifically Ezra's relationship with it. Remember, our thought is, God help us, we need an Ezra. Ezra's Bible, he was prepared to learn it. He was passionate to live it and preaching it was his life's work. Now we find ourselves in the meat of the message. Let's look at 
our part of the equation, if we want to be like Ezra, if we want to make an impact like Ezra, what is the point? What point of decision am I trying to bring you to? Today, we'll look at our part of the equation. And tomorrow, we'll look at his part, meaning God's part, and the product or the result. Ingredient number one, our part of the equation. Look at Ezra chapter 8 and verse number 28. The Bible says, And I said unto them, Ye are holy unto the Lord. The vessels are holy also, and the silver and the gold are a freewill offering unto the Lord God of your fathers. May I tell you this bluntly? If we want to serve God, there's got to be this. It's a basic choice. It comes down to right or wrong. I'll read for you kind of as a text verse today, 1 Kings 18.21. Remember Elijah and the choice he gives to the people? 1 Kings 18.21, And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people, what did they do? They answered him not a word. They hadn't made a choice. Friend, today I... God, more precisely, is offering you a choice. When you woke up this morning, one of the first choices you made is, how am I going to start my day? Am I going to start it by looking at my smartphone and opening up my social media feed? Am I going to start it by soaking myself in God's word? Can I tell you, friend, there's got to be holiness. It's a basic choice, but holiness, if we're wise, must come before the crisis. Great decisions are made before great decisions have to be made. I recall as a young man, younger man, as an associate pastor of a church in Akron, Ohio, great folks there, but I recall getting a call one day. It was probably 9, 9.30 in the morning. I was sitting at my desk doing some work and the phone rang beside me, the landline there at the church. I answered it and it was a lady telling me an incredibly sad story of something that had just happened to one of our church members and asking for help. You see, one of our ladies, and I'll spare details and for privacy's sake and all those things, but one of the ladies of our church had come home to find that the babysitter had neglected the children, one of her two children, and her youngest child had, as a result of that neglect, been smothered in their bed by some blankets and because of how the blankets were were stashed in there they fell over and basically smothered this young la- this young baby and i was taking this in and i'll tell you what i'll be completely blunt and honest with you as i'm hearing this and realizing that very quickly we're going to have a funeral it's going to be a little white casket so much grief so much hurt if I recall correctly, the senior pastor of the church was incommunicado because he was out of town with bad cell reception, if, if I recall correctly. And a lot of this for the next at least 24 hours was going to fall on me, Micah McCurry, young assistant pastor, Micah McCurry. And one of the very first thoughts that I had was this, no joke, I thought, God, I am so glad that I read my Bible this morning. And as coincidence has it, of course it was not a coincidence, but as God would have it, I had literally read some verses that had immediate application for comfort for that family and for those people in my Bible that morning. Can I tell you, 
holiness and the decision to follow Christ needs to be made before the crisis. You don't go to divorce proceedings and decide, okay, now I want to follow God. You don't have wayward children and then decide, you know what, all of a sudden, now I want to follow God. Now, better late than never. I would, I would hasten to counsel you, if you're in a bad situation, it's never too late to go to God. He has more grace and more mercy than you can possibly imagine. But if you are not yet in the storm, can I also counsel you, go to God now. Be like Ezra. Call yourself to a place of holiness and say, I'm going to choose to do right now, not just because I'm in a crisis. Tomorrow, we're going to look at God's part in all this. When we choose to be, figuratively speaking, Ezra, what happens from God's side? I'm excited about sharing this with you. We've got one more day in this study. Have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.